0: This podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Hi, my name is Jennifer Faye, Jennifer Pay, anorexic compulsive eater exercise, bulimic. Hi, Hi, I typed my story. Um, I felt very uncomfortable for most of my life. It felt wrong to have any feelings, positive, negative, wants to show I cared about something. It was very stubborn because it was horrendous to let others know that I had changed my mind in any way about anything, because this meant I wasn't perfect all the time, my sense of I am okay or self worth came entirely from outside myself, from external cues that cannot possibly be 100% stable and available all the time. I constantly yearned for a hit of approval. My mother cooked most all our meals pretty healthy. I love sweet things and overeat sometimes, which is acceptable in society. I don't remember having judgments about it then. Uh, Body image was a non-issue for me also. In fact, I remember realizing some people didn't like their bodies and that that must suck because you're always with your body. Everyone always complimented on how tall and skinny I was. My parents explicitly told me I wasn't pretty. I went to a Christian school through second grade and decided God isn't real. In high school, I got super elitist, decided religion was for the weak, and could not stop eating my lunch during snack time. I would cry in my mother's car if she brought me lunch during lunchtime. My first first year in college, I was involved in a lot of stuff, but didn't get to know anyone well. I felt hard inside and unpenetrable. I was busy constantly calculating weight loss plans. I also replayed every single social interaction constantly. I sucked because I didn't know how to be what I thought others wanted me to be all the time, meaning I wasn't getting all the approval possible all the time. I felt obviously too ugly to even say hi to in passing. Happiness and perfection meant a boyfriend, and since my face wasn't pretty enough, I had to have an extra great body, which meant a smaller and more toned body. The obvious quickest way to this perfection is to not eat and exercise more. For days at a time, I'd not eat but still exercise, then eat a bunch because I'd get too tempted or couldn't take not eating because I'm human and have an eating disorder, (laughs) then do it all over again. I tried a cleanse and laxatives, uh, but I didn't think they worked, and I tried throwing up once, but it was too hard. I weighed myself constantly. I was so anxious all the time. I planned my days to the minute and walked super fast. My body was probably in pain, but I don't remember feeling my body then. I do remember my feet hurting so bad I couldn't walk, so I went to the doctor and got some special shoe things and started exercising again. I looked up eating disorders on the internet and felt terror. I went to a therapist a handful of times, experienced some serenity, and decided I was cured and stopped going. The last three years of college was mostly overeating at every meal and some binges. I woke up every morning having to take the hugest shit. I knew my body physiologically, didn't want this stuff and felt so defeated because I didn't know how to stop. I worked in residential life during most of college, one of my most life-changing experiences. I realized that everyone is on their own path being awesome in their own way. I hated when I was too full to pay attention to someone seeking my support. I hated that I couldn't be the best me for my community. I hated dropping one class every quarter. I hated saying never mind to every internship I wanted so much and got. I hated crying every time I thought about my dad, who I had stopped talking to, and I hated blowing up at my mom all the time. My first year of college, I started going to therapy. I started noticing food patterns. If I was upset about some dad thing or some dude thing, I wanted to eat. If I was with my comfortable friends, the food didn't feel so important. I wanted to eat after socializing because I wasn't socially perfect again. Some of the eating started to feel like habit. I spent most of my last year of school on the floor, thinking about the neighbor I had a crush on, freaking out about the future, and making plans for the rest of my life. I made up to a 12-year plan, but realized I couldn't do what I really wanted for just one day. I decided I had to take care of this food thing first. I followed my college friends here to San Francisco in the summer of 2009. I googled overeating and group and found OA. I went to the Monday noon writing meeting, and it was super uncomfortable. (laughs) These strangers were all older than me. I was confused about the (laughs) word disease, off-put by the word God, and the phrase higher power sounded like pretend. I was super desperate, though. I knew I had no answers, and maybe they did. I planned to go to another meeting. It took a month to go. The unknown was scary and new things are hard. My best friend came to visit and she went with me to the Saturday Women's Writing Meeting in August of 2009. I moved and found a meeting right by my house, so I went to that. Um, Each week it was hard to walk the two blocks to the meeting. I knew I was supposed to get a sponsor but was still so uncomfortable and I wanted to talk to people but just couldn't. I tried some stuff based on the Dignity of Choice pamphlet that was sample food plans. And this just caused a false sense of confidence and a lot of noise. I knew that choosing to actively address my issues simply by being at a meeting felt better than to not do this. Then I got dumped by someone I wasn't really even dating. I was in so much pain and went to a meeting that night. I was marveled by how nicely this woman was talking about herself, so I asked her to be my sponsor and she said yes. I immediately stopped bargaining with myself and feeling like I was flailing. Um, She taught me to be open to suggestions, just to try them, give it some time to see how it works. Um, I slowly felt oriented, guided, and heard. She repeatedly told me that my program goes at my pace, that I'd only do what I was willing to do, and that that's enough. With food, I was ready to define my absence as no binging and no purging. I did not feel like I could stay abstinent. She said it's okay. I shared with her my red, yellow, and green light foods and behaviors. She suggested some structure, so I tracked my food for a week and realized how extremely irrationally feeling hard it was for me to make any decisions, especially around food. I was willing to have a plan for eating because it meant I'd make some of these painfully hard decisions ahead of time. My first plan of eating was to wake up at 10 a.m. and eat every two hours, which I did for about half a year. Starting for the first week, my mind felt freed. I made a lot of art and I studied something with an ease of focus I never had in college. I emailed her my food after the fact, along with any feelings or awarenesses about it. It was so helpful to have an action-oriented note in the email. For example, this food situation felt like blah, so in the future, maybe it'd be best to do blah, blah, blah instead. I stored the information in my brain. I shared it next time it came up, and I shared my shame that I shared it again. I had to white knuckle. I stopped eating to. I had to white knuckle stop eating in between so I could relearn what hunger and a comfortable fullness feels like. New emotions like shame started coming. I thought I didn't experience shame, guilt, judgment, on and on. I read a lot of liter- literature because it was a private activity. I looked up words that troubled me like faith, belief, god, higher and power. I loved how it said we everywhere. I started thinking Maybe I could talk to someone at a meeting and it wouldn't be scary, but that they would understand. I journaled while reading. I found solace in the end of a first step, which says, first we grasp this knowledge intellectually, and then finally we come to believe it in our hearts. I thought, oh, it's okay that this isn't working instantly because it's a process. I felt hopeful that one day I would believe this stuff in my heart, something gentle. Two months later in the fall, I went to visit my college apparently this was very triggering since my eating disorder really took off there one day all I could do was plan a binge I thought about what tools I could use and I decided to write about the steps I wrote about the first step acting as if I believed it in my heart then I realized I would written myself into step 2 because I no longer wanted to go on that binge and something else besides myself got me there I had come to believe in my first conception of a power greater than myself which is the 12 steps my sponsors suggested that when things feel hard, use more tools. I became a speaker getter because that would be an excuse to call the people that I wanted to call. I learned that the telephone works because if I call someone, they call me back and maybe we can chat a little. Felt great to share one-on-one in between meetings, so I called more people. Someone called me more than once, so I thought, hey, maybe that's okay to do. I started doing it and found myself building relationships with people who would pick up my calls and call me back. This significantly increased my sense of community and comfort in OA. I got in the habit of immediately picking up the phone if something didn't feel smooth. I didn't know what I'd say, but it felt better to let something out than to keep it in, keep all of it in. Eventually, one next right action would become clear, and that's all I need. The third step was my first action step because it said I was to change the way I lived. With everything, I was to pause and consult God. I learned that God speaks through the tools. (coughs) Nowadays, I aim to live on step three. I try to keep the general attitude that I don't know, and I don't have to know what I'm going to think or feel about anything in the future. Things change, things feel ucky, things pass, and it's all okay. Everything has happened exactly the way it should, with ultimate proof that it has already happened. There is always something I can learn whenever I'm ready to learn it. In the spring of 2010, I started going to therapy, getting massages, and stretching daily. I found that treating my body nice helped me think about it nicely. I learned that I can act myself into right thinking. My sponsor suggested I'd say affirmations to myself in front of the mirror, and I thought that was the cheesiest thing I had ever heard. But I gave it a try, really quietly in my room with the door closed. I forced myself to say a set of list affirmations in front of the mirror upon waking and before sleeping. It started occurring to me how uncomfortable it was to constantly hate on my body. I started saying affirmations about this in a knee-jerk fashion. For example, my attention would somehow get focused on how gross and huge I believe my stomach was. And I'd pause to say out loud, and preferably in front of the mirror, I don't say mean things about my body. Instead, I say nice things about my body or person. Then I'd be refocused on how beautiful my hands are and how grateful I am for them or how funny I think I am or how strong I am for doing this work. Saying all these nice things to myself while looking at myself and smiling, I started liking the way my face looked. I rarely ate things that troubled me because I was so scared of them and I did not want to give them up completely. Probably every time I ate out, I was more full than was comfortable during parties, I'd reposition myself or troubling foods. I would make calls, pray in the bathroom floor, talk to God in the mirror. My sponsor suggested I write about the troubling foods, so I did. With this exercise, I really learned that writing does not mean anything except that I wrote. It doesn't have to be good enough to publish. I don't have to share it. I don't have to put anything I've discovered into action. This really took the edge off writing. It also helps to make phone calls beforehand to share that I don't want to write. Structure can also be helpful. I learned to write a letter to my higher power, read a piece of program literature, and then write my higher power's response letter. I learned to jot topics I needed guidance on before sleeping and writing about them immediately upon waking. I learned to write letters to people who were troubling me and not send them. I realized I was randomly stricting food groups based on fear of getting fat and thus being acceptable and abandoned. I knew I could do some internet research on healthy diets, but I knew this would just give me more decisions about food to make. I knew I worked well with authorities, so I became willing to see a nutritionist. It felt like the easier, softer way for me. For a few days after the appointment, it did trigger an anxious desire to plan all my meals forever. (laughs) But it also made grocery shopping significantly easier and simpler. And now I knew that I was feeding my body in a healthy way. His suggested plan of eating felt like way too much food, so we met a few more times to discuss changes. I weighed and measured my food for over a little year. At the time, it felt freeing because I could no longer mess with my food that much, so I had to focus on what else was going on. I did step work a few times a week, an hour at a time. This was tolerable until I got to the fourth step. I just kept not doing it and building a resentment toward myself for this. Mm-hmm. My sponsor suggested I stop and pray for willingness, so I did that. At the time, was also kind of dating someone super unhealthy. Eventually, we all broke up, me, my sponsor, and that dude. Things sucked. I had about five hours of commitments a week, so just about no structure in my life, and I was having a lot of troubling dreams. I stayed up late, so I'd get hungry again and get to eat. This was my best. I fell in the shit pit constantly, but by this time, I knew that the program worked, so I constantly asked for help. I made a lot of action plans, phone calls, gratitude lists, and went to more meetings. I got a new sponsor, and who I work the steps with now, and another one I emailed my food to. I called them both immediately upon waking to ease the rush of anxiety, and I often left them both more than one voicemail. I eventually started doing my fourth step again, one question a day, meaning for less than a minute a day. I got it done. After my fifth step, I had the realization that all this stuff had happened, and I'm still here. How nice. My sponsor suggested it'd be okay for me to sponsor and date now, since I'd looked at my own stuff first. I had sponsored and dated before this, and it wasn't so great. However, I would survived, and I was deep in the self-care. Life was now awesome. Then I started dating someone, and it went dramatically downhill really fast. I joined Sex and Love Acts Anonymous, or SLA, in March of 2011. I felt organically ready for each step as it came. For example, after the fifth step, I started noticing all the self-defeating things I do. As my sponsor says each time, sounds like you're ready for the next step. I had so much fear about my character defects. They seemed like a big, unmovable pile crowded around and within me. Examining each one thoroughly was like meeting the fear with faith that God's taking care of me. Other people have worked this step before and survived. I learned that I am not a bad person, but that I've been using coping mechanisms that no longer work. I've been trying to meet my needs in ways that now bring me pain. Um, I've been using these coping mechanisms all my life. I developed so much compassion for myself, and now I get to learn new ways of being whenever God sees fit. I felt stalling at step nine. I also lost my abstinence then, the summer of 2011. I was at a summer camp in the East Bay and just started eating. Things had been harder since I went to Sla and stopped using my first drug, romance. During that binge, I felt like I was a caged animal that got loose, and I never wanted to feel that way again. I started acknowledging the discomforts I ignored while weighing and measuring my food. For example, I often felt too full but ignored it because I obviously created the perfect meal. And hey, this way I'm allowed to overeat. All the details of weighing and measuring apparently created a lot of noise I tried to ignore. And it felt like white knuckling. Uh, Weighing and measuring, for me, the way I was practicing it felt too taxing and I was ready to address it. I went to see my nutritionist and started practicing intuitive eating. This was now the softer, easier way for me. I felt like it was a dirty word in the rooms, but I kept asking for support anyway, and I got it. I learned that behaviors rather than specific foods were challenging for me. Then I went to another out-of-state summer camp and used both drugs, food and romance. I came back ready to address that something had been feeling off for a while. I felt I had been cocky and disconnected with my higher power, so I started the steps over. I started praying on the ground first thing in the morning. I found a position that feels like I have nothing to do but be and receive from my higher power, which now I define as the universe, which by def- definition means everything. Step work-wise, I am working to become willing to make amends to the last person on my list. Just this month, this work has brought me to joining adult children of alcoholics and other dysfunctional households for ACA. Noise about my body has increased and decreased as I felt more comfortable in ACA. I am learning to practice the 10th, 11th, and 12th steps regularly. I've been thinking of the 10th step as writing, then sharing whatever didn't feel smooth each day. Nowadays, I'm increasingly more comfortable facing the the discomfort than to not. And using my drugs don't even work. It just increases the discomfort. The 11th step is asking God to show me whatever I'm supposed to see, And step 12 is being a channel for God. These are concepts I felt were grossly new agey and cheesy when I first heard them. Today, when I find something unacceptable, my first response is often surrender. I think, oh, yeah, God, this must be what you want. It must be okay then. And then I move on. My day isn't filled with huge deals. Like the passage on page 85 in the AA Big Book, I'm not fighting anymore. Just working to keep in the fit spiritual condition. In the beginning, the promises sounded impossible, and they all have come true for me now. It also sounded impossible that simple actions would help with something that engulfed my very being. But it's true, it all works when I work it. As the third step says, what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. And as the promises say, we know how to handle things which used to baffle us. Today, I have recovery muscles that I worked hard to build and work hard to maintain. Today, I practice intuitive eating. My abstinence is no binging, no starving, and no purging. The only thing I don't eat is dairy because I am lactose intolerant. Food no longer scares me. Um, I know what behaviors help support this abstinence, so I practice them to the best of my ability. I'm not super excited to eat each meal and not way sad when a meal is over. If I am, I know it's time to address whatever other uncomfortable things are going on. I enjoy my food thoroughly. My physical activity consists of biking and walking for commutes, and for today, this feels right. It's easy to brush my teeth twice a day, and I take regular, comfortably-sized shits. In closing, I would love to hear from you. Please take my contact information and use it. Thank you.